0: welcome to tube talk the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views subscribers and build your audience brought to you by vidiq download for free at vidiq.com
1: welcome back to the tube talk podcast my name is dan carson and i'm joined once again by mr viper how's it going
2: what's up people what's up dan i'm doing good man how are you doing i
1: am doing really really well today thank you for asking awesome you, at the time of recording this, are getting ready to go to Vid Summit, though. So you must be exhausted. You know what? Not really, because I haven't started packing yet. Now, talk to me after <laughs> I <I'll> start packing. <laughs> you got a really cool opportunity to be the MC of the convention itself. Congratulations again on that. Thank you. I think by the time this airs, that'll just be wrapping up. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is the convention. Correct. So if you're listening to this on Thursday and you happen to be at Vid Summit, Maybe you can bump into Viper while you're there. I don't know. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'll be hard to miss. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. There's a couple of cool things to talk about today based on, you know, just YouTube news in general. And then we'll get into today's guest, which is going to be a really cool conversation. YouTube added this new feature. And it must be one that's kind of rolling out slowly because I myself have not seen a pop-up on my channel yet. But that just happens sometimes. It is this new audience retention graph. And what it does is similar to, you know, when you upload a video and there's that gray line, that, this big, thick bar, and it represents the average views you typically get, right? And then you have the blue line that runs somewhere around it, whether it's underneath, meaning this is video, a video that's underperforming, whether it's going over that line or right in the middle, indicating that, you know, you've had a very successful or just average video. They've added the same feature to the YouTube retention graph now. Mm. So now your YouTube retention across your channel is being calculated. And so when you go into a video and you're following up on your retention to see how did this perform and where do people maybe drop off? Not only do you get the blue line that shows you all of that information, you get the gray bar and it shows you if you are, I think, as a content creator, as somebody who's making content improving, are you holding people's attention more
2: or less than usual? Absolutely. I always tell people that as a content creator, you don't want to compare yourself to your competitors because there are so many variables that are in play that you don't know what's happening with their channel or things that they're doing. You're not privy to that information. However, what you can do as a creator is make sure that you're better than your last video. And this new audience retention graph definitely goes into helping us as creators see areas that we need for improvement, figure out what the audience likes, what they don't like, and make those changes that need to be made in order for us to become better creators one video at a time. It is comparing yourself to others
1: is, the, I think, the biggest mistake that I, I probably made when I first started on YouTube. I made a lot. But that was one because you, I think a lot of people start by watching other people make videos that they would like to make. Oh, I know a lot about this topic. I actually think I could start a whole channel about it myself. And who do you compare yourself to? It's, it's going to be those people who inspired you. you know? And then as you research more, you find others in, in that niche that are maybe, maybe the channels are a bit smaller. They're closer to where you are as, as a beginner. And so you're constantly trying to, you know, compare yourself to them. And that's never the way to do it. It it leads to these questions like, okay, okay, okay. How many videos do I need to make until I hit a thousand subscribers? As if it's like a math equation, you know, (laughs) where, where we know full well, that's not really how it works. It's all about how you are performing in that moment. You could have a video that itself goes viral. And it could be one of your early videos. Maybe you're at, you know, 50 subscribers, but this thing takes off and suddenly you're getting hundreds of subscribers in a very short amount of time. And that can happen. That happens all the time. Yep. Indeed. So having a retention metric now, just like similar to the other metrics you have on YouTube that compares you against yourself as a creator is just one more reason to look at YouTube as I'm going to say the hero in the situation They're (laughs) They're doing our work for us it is awesome to see they're basically once again putting it in your face like you are trying to perform better than you did last time there's no other don't worry about the other channels
2: i don't know dan sometimes youtube could be seen as both the hero and the villain because if you go to the (laughs) creator studio you get this one out of ten three out of ten every time you upload a video and sometimes if you put out a video of that flat and perform flatly you get that nine out of ten or ten out of ten that's like a slap in the face dan i don't know so (laughs) is youtube really a hero in that situation (laughs) See, I, I knew that we'd get a
1: reaction, but not just out of you, out of, out of listeners, too. Because if you talk too nice about YouTube, there's always that nagging feeling in the back of your head that's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yesterday, I got real mad at YouTube. because, And I'm glad you pointed out the 1 out of 10, 3 out of 10. What Viper's referring to is when you go into your dashboard after releasing a video, it shows your latest video there and how it's performing in a real quick snapshot. And the way it does that is by checking it again against your other videos. And so it'll say one out of 10. And that's just in terms of performance in the last 28 days. So if it's performing one out of 10, that means it's overperforming. It's going above and beyond. You've done something right. You get the little fireworks. If you've ever seen those before, they feel really good. Then you see sometimes you see 10 out of 10. Uh And what 10 out of 10 means to me is if YouTube could rate this video lower, it would. (laughs) But it can only go. It only keeps track of the last 10. So this is like somewhere below that gray average line is where your video is. Maybe do something about that.
2: Yeah. And that's the big thing. I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at YouTube, but I do find it interesting that they have the whole one out of 10 skill in the creative studio. But like Dan said, if you do have a video that for whatever reason hits a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, that's a learning opportunity. That's a teachable moment. You as a creator have to go in there and assess what you can improve on, what worked in that video or more importantly, what didn't work because if it's that low, there are probably a bunch of things about that video that just did not work for your audience. So it's up to you as the creator to figure out the things that didn't work and make those improvements for your very next video and move out from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I mentioned this last week, but you can take that 10 out of 10 and turn it around if you're willing to reevaluate your title and your thumbnail. If you see that click through rate is low and the video is sitting at 10 out of 10 and it's still early, even if it's late, but especially if it's still early while you're still getting new impressions on a video, change it change the title changes. the thumbnail. we actually work with a number of creators and you would be surprised at how many creators actually make multiple thumbnails for a video. Sometimes you just don't know. You take a version of your thumbnail and make it three different ways. You just don't know which one you, you feel good about all of them. And then when you have those on hand, if you're willing to put in that extra time, it's so easy to swap that out and try a different titling strategy. And I have turned 10 out of 10 moments into three out of 10 moments. Yeah. And that is, you want to talk about rewarding. <laughs> I mean, one out of ten feels great when you hit that out of the park the first time. Having a video flop and then being able to resuscitate it, you feel like a superhero.
2: You know how they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression? Well, that's not exactly true with YouTube. Right. YouTube literally gives up the second chance to make a first impression. So if you change the title, you change the thumbnail, you have a second chance to make that first impression. And boom, there you go. Yeah.
1: I, I'm currently trying to test it on an older video that didn't do so hot just to see because I have, I've had really good success doing so with a new video that has, that's only been out for a couple hours. Taking one that's been out for days and days, I'm still trying to figure that out. And one strategy that I, I'm trying, and you, you at home can try it along too because I have no data to report right now. But I do know this. If you post on your community tab quite often and you've built up kind of a, of a reputation over there we have talked about this in the past. It's really important to be building your community tab. Sometimes you can get away with posting a link to a video. Uh, you don't want to just post the video. YouTube gives you the option to just post the video. Don't do that. It doesn't quite work right. But what you can do is maybe do a community post with a poll or an image and link a video in that post. And what tends to happen is that video gets a little bit of extra life. And so what I'm trying to do is, is take a video that flopped days ago, change the title and thumbnail, and then give it that extra kick in the pants by putting it on the community tab. And that was a test I've, I started actually today. So I'm going to be kind of curious, maybe if I remember to report back next time, I will. But I'll be kind of curious to see if that kick in the pants gets it more impressions and YouTube wakes up and goes, oh, wow, actually people are clicking on this now. And maybe it gives it that second chance because it got a handful of impressions and hardly any clicks at all. And I was like shocked because I was following all my rules. I kind of made myself a rule <laughs> book with my titles and thumbnails. And it turns out, People can get kind of tired of your titles and thumbnails. Apparently,
2: (laughs) I thought I was doing a good thing. I was repeating my success. Didn't quite work for this one. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one thing I created. We have to be willing to adapt and change because people change what they like. They change what they don't like and change is inevitable. Yeah.
1: So once again, a a lesson in, in all the different ways YouTube is helping you improve as a creator. I highly recommend checking out your retention graph. If you haven't already, if you have, it's, if it's been a while, go to a video, go to any video, whether it performed above average or below average, and look at that retention graph and see where were those moments where it started to dip down and, and watch that part, watch the part of the video, uh, Rob, in his latest vidIQ video, you can go check it out. He points this graph out and he also pointed out a moment in one of my recent videos. And he pointed out that I used some language that made it sound like it might be fluff. And I completely agree with what he called out, but basically, I use the word personally. And this was towards the beginning of the video. I was talking about the community tab, and I said, personally, I think, and you, the views start to go down. And those three words, like, I think that was the thing that showed people, oh, this guy's just kind of trying to make sure the video is longer. He gave us everything we want. And, and then people start leaving. So. Even just some editing could have saved that. I could have just taken out the part where I said personally and
2: just jump cut to the information I was trying to get to with just a little personal anecdote. So, Dan, I think there is an important question that we need to ask here. Where do viewers go to find their audience retention graph? So what you want to do is while you're
1: in the YouTube studio, you'll probably be on your dashboard. Click on content. And then go to any video, and you can always click on the analytics. Uh, When you mouse over your video, you just click on the analytics little chart icon there. And you scroll down, and you don't have to scroll far for key moments of audience retention. And that's where you're going going to see your graph. And what's cool, if you hit see more underneath that graph, you can actually scrub the graph and the video at the same time. And if you go in there, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can just click on the graph in those moments where you see the dips. And you can watch that moment in real time and see, oh, I was uttering these words at this time. And there the graph goes. It's going down. And you just all you're trying to do, you're not trying to re-edit your video and re-upload it. You're just trying to make notes. And whether it's in the way you script your videos or you edit them, you're trying to make sure that those parts that generally make people feel like the video is either ending or fluffed up too much, you cut them. You ruthlessly edit your content to make sure that those big, massive dips don't keep plaguing your video. Because once you lose some of those viewers,
2: some of them skip ahead. Some of them never come back. Some of them just leave. And that's what you're trying to avoid. Yep, exactly. Again, if you are serious about being a content creator on YouTube, these are the things that you have to do to constantly better yourself. You have to evolve as the platform evolves. You, the creator, have to evolve with the platform and with your audience. So YouTube gives us these tools so we can evolve and learn how to grow and become better creators. So it's up to us to go in there and utilize them and use them and be better creators. Absolutely. Well, I think it's
1: about time we get into today's guest. They are a content creator with over 40,000 subscribers. And I think you're going to get a lot out of today's show. I think so, too. Josh Q. welcome to Tube Talk. How are
0: you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be here.
1: Thank you for uh, joining us. Now, how bad did I mess up your last name?
0: Uh, you almost got it. You almost got it. <laughs> okay. I do
1: apologize. The good news is when we put it in the description, it'll be pronounced correctly because people will just be reading it rather than having to me listen Oh yeah,
0: that's, that's <laughs> how it than works. Listen to me. Uh, so for
1: anyone who doesn't know, tell them about you and what you do on YouTube.
0: So uh, again, my name is Josh Quinones. Uh, I run a tech channel on YouTube. Uh, reviewing lots of tech, mostly smartphones. It's just something I've always loved to do.
1: So we see that your channel is at about 40,000 subscribers. How long have you been at it?
0: Uh, i say about four years now, maybe. Maybe longer than that. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a couple of years, though. Maybe about four and a half years, if I'm not mistaken.
2: So my question for you, Josh, is when you first started making YouTube videos, what gear did you use to make your first, like, maybe, what, five, ten videos?
0: Just, uh, just this right here just, just my phone. And it was more than five, 10 videos. I'd say about 500 and something
2: videos. (laughs) So are you telling me Josh that you still use your smartphone, even at 40,000 subscribers? Do you still use that to do all your content?
0: Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, recently, uh, not recently, I would say last year, I finally bought my Sony ZV-1 camera, but that's all I bought. I still use my phone for thumbnails, editing the video and even still recording some of my videos. If it's not the B roll, it's the A roll. Uh, so yeah, I still use my far- smartphone for pretty much everything.
2: So you have a dedicated camera on deck, but you still <laughs> use the <laughs> smartphone to do your content. Talk about that because a lot of people, you know, when creating the first starting out, they want to get the most expensive gear. They want the top flight camera. They want the top flight microphone. different things like that. So you have a very capable camera in the Sony ZV-1, but you still choose to do most of your work off of smartphone. So what is it about the smartphone that works better for you than maybe the ZV-1?
0: Honestly, for me, I think it's just because I've been doing it for so long. I'm just, I'm so used to the way everything works. Already. I can record on my smartphone. All the footage is there already. I just go straight into the video editor that I use on my smartphone and just start editing the video. And then once I'm done, boom, upload it to YouTube straight from my smartphone. I don't have to you know, take the SD card out of the camera, throw it on my phone or whatever, or a la- I don't even have a laptop. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. For me, it's just it's just easier. And I find it convenient as well because, you know, I work a full-time job during the day, you know, 10 hours out of my day already shot from my job. So if I record a video at night when I'm taking my lunch break at work and just pull my phone out and start editing my video, if you know, if I really need to do it that way and just finish the rest when I get home, you know, if I need to finish.
2: So let me get this straight. We we live in an era where people have like one monitor, two monitors. Hell, some people even have <laughs> three monitors to do video I know. editing. But you edit <laughs> off of your smartphone. What? what? <laughs> yeah,
0: man, I, I don't know. For me, it's just... I just find it as more convenient instead of having to, you know, especially if I'm traveling, I don't have to carry around a laptop, a tablet and my phone with me. You know, everything's on my phone. That's just me. You know, it's not it's not for everybody, but I've gotten so used to it and I've gotten so quick at doing it that I can easily, you know, edit a video really quick on my phone or edit my thumbnail and then, boom, I'm ready to go upload it straight to YouTube. So I'm good. I mean, (laughs) I'm not, you know, planning. I it would be nice, you know, to have a nice full setup, of course you know, a nice computer and be able to edit on a big screen, which sometimes I do. I'll use my Samsung DeX and hook it up to the monitor so I can be able to edit on a big screen. But most of the time, I'm just on my smartphone, and it's just easier for me that way. Wow.
2: Just, wow.
1: <laughs> Other than having that larger screen, what would you say have been, like, your biggest limitations on a phone uh, to have, uh, that you wish were more were just more accessible for you?
0: Um, I would say, I guess, the the features that are in the video editor because I know you know a smartphone video editor doesn't offer as much as you know like something you can get on your laptop or your computer and there, there's a lot, a lot of you know certain things that I would like to do in my video as far as the editing goes but I can't because it is a bit limited um, there's still you know a lot that you can do you know more than enough for you know someone like me with a smaller channel uh, but if you're you know trying to get those super high quality videos yeah it's going to be a little harder you know to do that just on a smartphone
1: And in terms of your your video editor and your thumbnail editor, because you did mention you're doing all of that on your phone as well. What are Mm -hmm. your go-to, nothing sponsored here, obviously, but what would you say your go-to software, the tools you use, uh, what are those for you?
0: Well, for my video editor, currently I'm using KindMaster. I used to use PowerDirector. Um, I used that actually for a very long time. And once I got my Sony camera, I noticed it wasn't really handling the footage right. It kept freezing on me. I I don't Mm. know what it was, but I checked out KindMaster. I noticed it worked pretty much the same. And it was just a little bit different, but still offered everything that PowerDirector did. So that, that's been working out pretty good for me. And as far as my thumbnail editor uh, goes, I use uh, a Lightroom, an app called PixArt and Pixel Lab. So I got three different apps depending on how or what I want to add on to my thumbnail or how I want to edit it.
1: And then the other thing I wanted to ask was the different accessories that one could get with a smartphone. I know that you can, even with smartphones, people can go out there and they can get gimbals and all kinds of stuff like that. Do you use anything like that?
0: Oh, yeah. Now I do. Before, When I first started, it was strictly just my smartphone. There, there was literally days where, you know, I, I lived in a small apartment at the time. I didn't have the best lighting in there. I didn't have anything, just, just my smartphone. So there's a lot of times I would go outside. I would literally find a tree with, you know, branches sticking out just the right way. So I can just set my phone on there, press record and just start talk, talking <laughs> to the camera. And I, I did it that way for a while, or I would set the phone up on my car or somehow outside where, you know, the lighting was good. But little by little, I started adding things like, you know, a small handheld tripod. So, you know, I finally had that to where I can, you know, hold the phone and talk to it, get it a little bit further away from my face or set it on anything I wanted. Microphones for your devices. I had a vlogger kit from Movo, which came with, you know, a small microphone, small handheld tripod. So I was using that for a while. It even came with a small light. And then uh, Rode microphones uh, finally started sending me stuff out. So they sent me out a nice little microphone kit for a smartphone as well. That works really well. And uh, yeah, so right now I still set it up on my, I use the same tripod for either my Sony ZV-1 or my smartphone. So if I'm not using my Sony, I'll set my smartphone up on this or I have another tripod where I'll use both at the same time.
2: So I want to talk about a video that you made on your channel. You have uh, on your channel, you have a video called 0 to 30K with a smartphone. (laughs) Tell, Tell us about the premise of that video and why you chose to make that video.
0: I, well, shout out to Al Heifer Reviews. He He's the one who kind of gave me the idea to make that saying, you know, I should make a video like this to let people know, you know, how I started and how I was able to gain that with just my smartphone. You know, I thought, you know, hey, you know, that would be a good idea because there's a lot of people out there. They want to start a channel. But into my comment section, of my videos, I get a lot. I do get certain people saying, you know, I want to start a channel, but I don't have this. I don't have that. They feel they need, you know, all this expensive equipment. And really you don't, you know, if you're just getting started and that's Kind of the message I wanted to relay in that video is that all you really need is your smartphone to get started. Just you know, press record and, and start recording. Your first videos aren't gonna be your best videos anyways. You're gonna continue growing you know, as time goes on. So why not just start now? You know, what's stopping you? The camera's in your pocket. And that, that's basically the kind of message I wanted to send out.
2: I love it. I'm glad you uh, put that message out there because like you said, Josh, a lot of creators, they feel like they need the top tier gear, the top level camera, microphone. Like, no, <laughs> if you have a smartphone, you have more than enough to just get started on YouTube but you worry about the gear later on. So appreciate you pointing that out. Exactly. Yeah, for sure.
1: You've broken 40,000 subscribers now. And I'm just curious because uh, Viper pointed out the 30,000 subscriber video. How long from 30 to 40?
0: Uh, I'd say about a year maybe or maybe a little less than a year if I remember correctly. So I noticed once I hit a thousand subscribers, gaining subscribers started to come a little quicker. Mm. I feel like that first 100 even is like the hardest to get. And once you get that, it becomes a little bit easier and easier as as time goes on. But that's kind of
1: what I was getting at, because I think for a lot of people out there, they hear somebody that's been going at this for four years now. And for some channels, it's certainly true that that can be, just be a steady, gradual road. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of creators, there's also this moment where everything kind of clicks. Well, how was it for you? Uh, out of those two options, do you feel like it's been gradual or do you feel like something clicked and then everything started to change?
0: Uh, It's weird because at at first it was, it started off a little slow. Uh, Once I put my first video up, I, that for actually that first video got a couple thousand views, which is, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can do this. And, uh, but I mean, growth was still a little slow and it wasn't until I won a trip to a Samsung event. And I was able to have first access with the smartphone and all that stuff. And so I was one of the first ones to start putting videos out. And once I did that, my channel just started blowing up. I had a million views on one of those videos within a week after uploading it. And back then, I was maybe around a little over 5,000 subscribers, maybe a little. But after that, I was gaining, you know, 1,000 subscribers a day, maybe. And uh, from there, I'm like, okay, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing this. And so I was just pushing out content, pushing out content, gaining, you know, 1,000 subscribers. Obviously, not, I know I'm not at 100k yet, but I was gaining a lot, you know, within days. And then a little bit after that, it started going down, slowing down a little bit. And with me, with my full-time job, it's a little hard to be super consistent you know sometimes i don't have time to make videos at all so it's kind of back and forth for me i'll gain a lot of subscribers at one point, and then it'll slow down where it's just like a couple a day and then i'll gain you know 100 one day maybe five another day so it's kind of back and forth for me and i think a lot of it has to do with my consistency
1: what would you say that video blowing up for you you said it got like a million views what in that moment did you or did you realize anything specifically about YouTube? Did that kind of open your eyes to anything?
0: Well, first I was pumped. I didn't know what to say. I just saw, I was literally looking at my phone I could not take my eyes off my phone and just watching those numbers go up and go up. I'm like, okay, this is actually happening right now. I got to do something with this. And I, I think a lot of it had to do was because I was the first person to put a video out on that product that was just announced. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And it just gained traction really quick because everybody, you know, was looking it up and they wanted to know about it. It was just a pair of earbuds. And uh, I think that's the reason it blew up so fast. But after that, I had, you know, their smartphone that just came out, wasn't available yet. But I was one of the ones that had it because I won it. So I took advantage of that and I just started making content. (laughs) So that kind of helped push out my content more to, you know, to eyes that haven't seen it before uh, because I was one of the first ones out there. And. I try to make the quality as good as I can. Even then, you know, I was doing everything on my smartphone and I was trying to make the content as good as I can with just that because I know I was going to be receiving new eyes and I wanted them to be attracted to my content. And a lot of them were, I get a lot of subscribers out of it. And even now I still have you know, long time subscribers from back then that was a couple of years ago. And I still see them in my comment section. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad they stuck around it. It shows me that they, they love what I'm doing here.
2: So you told us earlier that you've been doing YouTube for about four years. So I'm curious, Josh, how long did it take you to find your voice? And what I mean by that is, you know, when people first start out, they're maybe afraid to be on camera, they're not comfortable talking in front oh, of the camera, <laughs> different things like that. So it takes a while of doing this to find your voice, your delivery, your flow. So how long did that take before things started to lock in for you?
0: Uh, I mean, even now, sometimes I have trouble. I'm not gonna lie. I have trouble talking in front of the camera. Tell me about it. I would it. say maybe, maybe about a year before I got really comfortable. Uh, maybe not even that, maybe like two years. Cause I go back and watch some of those videos. I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Why, <laughs> you know, why was I uploading these videos? But to get really comfortable in front of the camera, I, I'd say maybe a year to where I wasn't really embarrassed to be seen in front of people. Cause like I said, there were sometimes I would, you know, make videos outside. I would go to the park or something, there'd be people walking by. And at first, I'd get embarrassed. I, I'd be talking to the camera. I, I'd see someone from the corner of my eye. I would stop and just kind of act like I'm doing something else. <laughs> they'd leave and then I'd start all over, but it took about a year before I actually got comfortable and just said, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. I'm just gonna do what I gotta do. This is what I love doing. I'm just gonna do it.
1: It really is like that too, isn't it? Like you have to kind of throw caution to the wind, uh, especially if you're recording outside, you know, quite literally wind, but uh, <laughs> you gotta deal with all the different elements, people around you. And I've always admired people who can go out into a public setting, no matter what it is they're doing and and hold the camera and just talk. As if they are alone with the viewer, just that one-on-one connection, which is super, super important.
0: Yeah, It's not easy. No matter what kind of video you're doing, it's it's not easy. There's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of... Uh, you got to be confident in yourself.
1: You mentioned, I, I think if I heard correctly, you mentioned a full-time job. Is is that currently the situation or is YouTube full-time for you?
0: No, no. I still work a full-time job that takes 10 hours out of my day. And uh, I got a family, got a wife, three kids. uh a new, no, he's not a newborn anymore. It's four month old. So a lot of work there alone <laughs> with the little one. Uh, so I'm not going to lie right now. It's tough trying to find time to make the videos that I do, because by the time, you know, I get home from work, spend time with the family, I'm just exhausted by the end of the day. And in some of my videos, you can tell, because I'll record videos at night when I finally have the time and you, you can see it in my face and I'm tired, but I'm like, you know what? I got to get these videos out. And I just push myself to do it. But I did have a moment not too long ago where I was just burnt out and I stopped being so consistent with my videos and burnout's real. (laughs) And uh, I did experience that and it was just, uh, it was a tough time. And, Mm. but finally, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm back on it. I feel good. I'm, you know, trying to push out these videos and uh, it's tough though having a full-time job and trying to do this as if it's, you know, a full-time job too.
1: I I wanted to ask, do you have any tips for anybody who may be feeling the same way, maybe it's school, maybe it's work, family, by the way, congratulations on on your four month old. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Do you have any tips that kind of, you know, maybe helped you through that period of burnout and or like things to help you continue staying consistent on YouTube?
0: Honestly, sometimes a a break is good. At least for me, you know, everybody's different. Everybody, you know, some things that may work for somebody is not going to work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But for, for me, from my experience, I realized that, okay, you know, I just I need to back up for a little bit and just take a break, maybe play some games or just kick back on the couch, watch a movie. You know, I had too much on my mind of thinking, no, I got to get this video done. And I'm just stressing out like, oh, I don't have the time because, you know, sometimes with my full time job, we work at midnight. So if I work all day, you know, wake up 430 in the morning, go to work, get home at around 4 p.m. And then sometimes they're like, okay, we got to come back at midnight. I'm like, okay, I was supposed to make a video today. Now I can't. I, I got to try and get some sleep before I got to go back into work. And just it stresses you out. And sometimes you got to, you know, take a break, just relax for a little bit. Even if it's a couple of days or a week, take a week off if you have to get your mind right, get your mind straight. And uh, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to find the time because not every day is going to be the same. So, I, I mean, I do my best to try to find the best time to record videos. And uh, most of the time I'll do it on the weekends. If I can do it during the week, I will. If not, then, you know, I just, I just wait till the weekend when, when it's my day off. And that's, that's really the only best choice I have,
2: really. Okay. So given your current situation, your work life flow right now, how often do you upload videos to YouTube?
0: Lately, I've been trying to upload at least three to four times a week, at least. Wow. I'm trying. (laughs) Forgive me if I don't, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to keep that consistency. I I don't want to, I don't want to be where I was, you know, not too long ago where I'm only uploading, you know, once a week or not at all, you know, once every two weeks. I I'm trying to keep this consistency going.
2: OK, so I want to dig more into that a little bit, because with everything that you got going on, that is extremely difficult to upload three to four days a week or three, four <laughs> yeah. times a week. When you have you got the family, you have a full time job and everything else trying to record videos, this, that and the other. So. I'm curious because a lot of new creators will ask us, what is the best upload frequency? How often should I upload? And I always tell them there's no right or wrong answer. It really literally depends on your work life flow, how things can fit into your life. How often can you consistently upload and do that over and over again? So how did you come to the determination, given everything that you have on your plate, that three to four weeks is something that you could sustain for the most part?
0: Uh, Well, it's like you said, I agree with you. There's really no right or wrong answer to that. Because you never know what's going to happen, you know, (laughs) during your day or the next day. But I noticed that every day is a little hard for me. I can't, you know, I can't do it every single day. So if anything, I'll try to do it every other day that way. Okay, I'll have a video uploaded one day. I can, you know, rest that day, film the next day, upload it, you know. And like I said, if not, then I just do the weekends where it's my day off. I'll get up early, record the video, do what I can, and then have the rest of the day to my family. That's a tough question, (laughs) to be honest. It's, you know, everybody's schedules are different. Like I said, for me, if I feel I have the energy, when I get home from work, I'll tell the family, you know what, let me record this video real quick. I'll I'll try to get it down. And then when we're done, you know, we'll watch a movie together or something, you know, we'll we'll spend some time together. But daddy's got to do this. Let me, you know, let let me try to get this video done. And so sometimes I'll do that if I don't want to wait until, you know, late into the night. It is
1: crucial for creators out there. That's why I think Viper and I are both so interested in in talking about this. Just for anyone out there listening, it's so important to kind of structure your schedule if you want to be consistent on YouTube. And that is key to growing a channel. I mean, for me, I'm working my full-time job here at vidIQ, and then I have my personal thing I do on the side. And I managed to get about two videos a week out over there. And uh, I'm I'm making what are practically what, what would the equivalent of shorts would be, except vertical, <laughs> you know, just really short videos. <laughs> they don't take a lot of my time, just having fun, basically. And so I'm very, very impressed by the amount of videos you said you're putting out three to four a week with, you know, family and full time job on top of that. So I, I know what that takes. And that's just amazing to me. Impressive.
0: Thank you. Trying, trying over here. <laughs> so I
1: wanted to talk a little bit
0: more about
1: uh, your, your channel specifically. Uh, we we talk a lot on this show and, and on our channel about niching down. Uh, so we understand you're a tech channel. We've talked quite a bit about mobile. Uh, specifically, though, what you've I think you mentioned it before. Samsung is, is kind of your bread and butter, right?
0: I would say so. I do, I noticed those videos seem to do the best on my channel. I do review, you know, other brands, other products. But for the most part, it seems like Samsung's been kind of my thing on my channel.
1: How important do you feel it is to be the authority on samsung in particular or are you somebody who's trying to maybe because it sounds like you're since you're not just doing samsung you maybe want to break out of that like i guess just your general thoughts on on niching down as a tech channel
0: i think niching down could be good for a lot of people for me specifically i I would like to branch out, you know, to other brands and, you know, just bring in more more eyes to the channel. You know, there's certain people that like, you know, Google phones over Samsung or Apple product. Like just last year, I finally tried out an Apple device. Viper knows this. I've been, a, you know, Android fan my whole life and finally tried out, you know, an iPhone last year. And those videos actually did, you know, they actually did pretty good. And I got the new one. It's supposed to be here today sometime, not here yet. But uh, I am trying to bring, you know, newer eyes to the channel rather than just, you know, Samsung. It's nice, you know, the views are nice and and I enjoy Samsung products. That's just me. I've always, you know, love their devices, but I am trying to branch out a little bit, but still keep it in the tech space. You know, I'm not going to go and start cooking on the channel <laughs> or something like that. But, you know, I, I would like to, you know, branch out and, you know, review other brands as well.
1: What do you do to bring your Samsung viewers over to your iPhone content? What, what kind of pitch, I guess, do you?
0: I think it all has to do with thumbnail and titling. Hmm. For instance, I forgot what I titled it. I think I put huge Samsung user tries iPhone for the first time or I, I titled it something like that. And a lot of people did watch it because they wanted to know my thoughts. Okay, big Samsung user, what do you think about the iPhone? And uh, so, yeah, a lot of people actually did watch those videos because they were curious to see what I thought. And uh, it's going to be the same thing this time around. You know, it wasn't really for me. I don't know how much different the iPhone 13 is going to be. We'll, we'll find out when I, when I get it.
1: I think a lot of the advice we would give, too, is that's exactly what you'd want to do. I cover I cover a lot of gaming channels, and they're always talking about, well, I can't just play this one game forever. And a pivot strategy would be like, well, how about your game versus the game you would like to play, you know, and yeah. really bring that audience along with you. And I think that's a really good strategy in terms of your your views and click-through rate on those videos. Do you feel like that that strategy worked pretty well. You did say a, a handful of people showed up? Are you were you impressed with the stats all said and done? Yeah,
0: yeah, I feel it did. It did pretty well. Um, I probably could have been a little bit better. But you know, it was my first time trying something like that. And because uh, when I review other Android devices, those seem to do well, because you know, Samsung users are Android users, you know, so they look at other Android devices. But with the iPhone thing, it was a whole new thing for the channel. And I, I thought it did pretty good. It did pretty
2: good. Oh, so Josh, uh, being a fellow tech content creator myself, I know sometimes it's kind of hard. Even given the repetitive, redundant text cycling of, of news and different things like that, sometimes it's hard to come up with different ideas for videos. So I'm curious, have you had a chance to use the uh, new vidIQ daily ideas tool yet?
0: I was just looking at that today. <laughs> Actually, I think on one of the, the other streams, I noticed you guys had like the 30-day free trial because I've never tried it before. And I noticed you guys were talking about it. I was like, oh, I got to try this out. So I was looking at that today and uh, a good idea popped up and I, I hearted it or, or saved it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something with that. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. I'm impressed with that.
1: Nice. The mobile app of vidIQ, uh, I'm guessing is what is what you used, right? Yeah. I love the swiping feature on it. And I mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just imagining someone <laughs> who's <laughs> like a smartphone creator seeing that and playing around with that because I've, I'm always on desktop. And so oh. I never, I've never never really used the tool that way. But uh, if anyone's yeah. interested out there, I guess what I won't do is put an ad on this podcast. We should just let everybody know they go to vidIQ.com <laughs> and check out Daily Ideas. So you're covering Samsung phones, you're covering mobile devices, and you know, things are going well, you're able to, it seems stay flexible and pivot the content a little bit. I'm just curious about other pivots. I'm trying to imagine where a tech channel like yours can go. Is it just phones? Are you covering tablets? Are you covering notebooks? Anything like that?
0: I did cover a couple tablets in the past. Right now, it's currently just a lot of phones. Everybody wants to send me phones. Earbuds, I do, you know, review earbuds sometimes or headphones. I, I would like to branch out and do other things like uh, a company re- recently reached out to me, asked if I wanted to check out one of their electric bikes. And heck yeah, you know, <laughs> I've always wanted one. Why not, you know, review one on the channel, see how it goes. And uh, maybe later on review other, you know, electric like an electric skateboard or scooter, you know, bring stuff like that into the channel because it's kind of techish. But yeah, I would like to review other stuff than just, you know, smartphones. I don't want to be just, you know, because it, it could get old, you know, after a while. So it would be nice to bring in other new tech as well.
2: So, I have an interesting question for you, Josh. What is something that you wish you knew before you started your channel?
0: Uh, I wish I knew how to talk to the camera <laughs> before I started. <laughs> uh, I wish I knew that uh thumbnails were was a big deal because back then, yeah, I would customize my thumbnails, but it was just kind of like whatever like oh, this looks okay okay i'm I'm gonna put it out there uh. The titles obviously I never really cared about my titles back then either I just I was just all about uploading the video and seeing if I get the views and and that was it I think though for me those are really too important because those bring the eyes the video the title and the thumbnail and then once they click on it obviously the content has to back it up uh, there, there's a lot I'm, I'm still learning a lot all the time all the time i'm I'm not perfect and I'm gonna continue learning I like constructive criticism I love when you know obviously in a nice way in the comment section something somebody tells me hey, you should try this or stop doing this or that. I'll go back and look at my video. You know what? They're right. Maybe I should stop doing this or, or start doing this. So I, I like that.
2: Okay. So let's dig a little bit deeper into your thumbnail philosophy because it's kind of interesting for tech. There are like two trains of thought as far as I'm concerned with tech thumbnails. Either you want to have the product front and center or maybe you want to have like some type of, you're facing the thumbnail with some type of emotion, maybe holding the product or different things like that. Have you found any like trends as far as tech thumbnails and YouTube that work well for you or maybe some that don't work well for you? Like, what has been your experience with that?
0: I'm still kind of back and forth with how I do my thumbnails. Sometimes I will show my face in the thumbnail, maybe making a weird face or just like showing it like, ah, like, you know, look at this. And sometimes I won't show my face at all. Maybe I'll set up the product nice on the table and take a picture that way. But I do notice that when I do kind of have my face it kind of blurred out in the background where I'm just kind of holding up the product, and maybe making a word face, even though it's kind of blurry, you can still see it. I noticed those thumbnails do, at least from the views <laughs> that my videos are getting, it seems like those are working better to, to pull in the viewers to the video.
2: Gotcha.
1: I wanted to take a little bit of a left turn here because I was curious about uh, some of the different features on YouTube. I was looking at your channel. Have you, have you ever considered trying a live stream or have, do you do live streams?
0: Uh, I, I've, I've tried live streams a long time ago, like when I very first started YouTube, maybe a, about a year after or something, I can't even remember. I have thought about it, but it's kind of hard for me, even like right now, I'm having a hard time talking. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time talking live, even you know when I'm not talking live and making my videos alone. That's the beauty of editing. You can edit all that stuff out, but if I happen to go live for to talk about a certain product, I'll be stumbling over my words back and forth, back and forth, and I'm working on it, you know, on getting better at talking live like this. But if I have, you know, the comment sections going and people are asking me questions about, you know, this or that about a certain device, I'll probably have a hard time answering that, even though I know what I want to say, it's kind of hard to to let it out. So still something I'm kind of working on, on kind of how to talk like that, you know, in a live setting. And once I get a little bit more comfortable and, you know, or at least telling myself, okay, you can do this, then, you know, maybe I'll start. You know pushing live streams out to the channel mm. i have done a couple of gaming streams where i'm just gaming you know i don't talk too much but i don't know who knows we'll see
1: <laughs> did you try those on your main channel
0: on the main channel yes and i actually got uh quite a few uh people just going to watch and hang out and got super chats from that which is cool i've never gotten a super chat before <laughs> <laughs> so that so that was cool but uh I, I was actually thinking of doing that maybe like once a week just getting on and hang out with my viewers and you know they can watch me play they can talk to me in the chat So it is an idea.
1: I'd be really curious to see how that would go because I've never seen uh, a tech channel kind of, I would, I would say gaming content is so different, you know, that you would find that on a totally different channel. So I've just never considered somebody just, you know, totally kicking back and playing games for their viewers.
0: Well, I kind of titled the video, I think I titled the live stream testing out the PS5 streaming camera. So it's kind of tech-ish because it has Mm. to do with the camera. So I think I titled it like that and people are still actually watching that video. I think it's still getting, you know, a couple of views um, every week. So I think that's what kind of brought them in. And they're like, oh, you know, you're just here playing, hanging out. And, and you know, I did get people talking to me in the chat. It was fun. It was fun. So maybe I'll do it again see how it goes.
1: That's really interesting, too. So you did once again tie it to your viewers, your existing audience, even though we're playing video games.
0: Yeah, because I figured if I just title it, oh, come hang out, I'm playing games. I don't know who would have showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll try that next time. Maybe it'll work better. Who knows?
1: <laughs> no, I, I think that's a really great strategy. The other thing I was looking for, and I don't know, maybe my eyes skipped them. Have you tried YouTube Shorts out?
0: Yes, but not on this channel. I do have a music channel. I don't upload all the time, just mm. here and there. Uh, but I have uploaded a few shorts on there. And uh, some of them, I think there was two that got a couple thousand views or a couple hundred views as well. So they're cool. I mean, I, I like doing it. You don't have to put you know a whole lot of effort into it. It's just a, you know, a one-minute video. Not something too too hard, but yeah, I'm mostly just doing that on my my music channel.
1: I did not know you had a music channel, so now I'm. i really either. curious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't upload all the time. It's just when I feel like it. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll upload something or I'll up, upload a short. Uh, but yeah, I got a music channel as well. I had a vlog channel. Uh, I totally stopped that. I didn't even. Uh, I had that going for a while. Has like a little over four thousand subscribers. But that's when I was doing tech and vlogging at the same time, and it was just, it was a lot. And my tech channel is doing better. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make this my main channel then. Because I know that that's where more of the, the traction comes. And I actually do vlog on my tech channel too. Every now and then, every time I get a new smartphone to test out the camera, I'll be like vlogging on this phone, uh, whatever phone it is. And uh, they actually do pretty good.
2: So... Oh. You do everything on a smartphone, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, but I'm curious, when do you think you will be ready to kind of graduate into more mainstream professional equipment, maybe like a dedicated, like PC or a Mac or a monitor? I know you have a monitor, but yeah. you, earlier you said you use Dex, but when do you think you'll be ready to like, I don't know, make your life easier and use like big boy stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, my life is easier, right? No. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. I guess when I... I have the money to do it because at the same time you know it's i'm trying to buy product for the channel as well so a lot of the money is going to that so i can be able to you know have content to make so i I guess right now it's really just about trying to save up and buy you know more professional equipment you know in the near future so we'll
2: see (laughs) okay
1: so sticking with mobile for now that leaves me to ask for creators out there who may be using their smartphones talked already about the types of software you're using to actually make your your content but what other advice do you have for creators kind of getting started and they're just using a phone
0: honestly just don't give up because it can be hard it can be tough at first you think you know your quality is not as good as this person or that person and it's nice to compare yourself sometimes but try not to too much because obviously you know you're just using your smartphone but you know just be comfortable with it and just put it out there and start recording yourself you know Don't get down on yourself because you don't have this or you don't have that. Because I used to get like that, too, uh, where, you know, I don't have the best lighting or the audio on my video sucks. I don't have the best background. Uh, Find ways. There's always ways to be creative all the time. There's, you know, I've had ways where I was able to make it look like I was recording video on top of a white desk. Or if my lighting wasn't good, when I was, you know, recording a certain product, I would get right next to my TV, put it on the brightest screen or the brightest channel, and that would be my lighting you know, for my video. And, you know, it came out pretty decent. But, you know, I did what I had to do to try to make the quality look as good as I can. So there's always ways to be creative. You just really got to think and, you know, put your mind out there and look what you have around you. you, you know, use use whatever you have. Don't limit yourself.
1: My final question I don't know if Viper will have more after this but my final question for you would be what's the future for your channel hold do you think where do you think you'll be in just a you know a year's time for example
0: well of course I'm going to keep on creating uh, pushing out content and hopefully I'm just I'm looking for growth on my channel and looking to hopefully you know help people through my content I, I you know of course it's something I love doing but I also want to be able to help people with you know just giving my opinion on a certain product to let them know you know everybody's opinion is gonna be different. And you know, with my content, I don't really get too into the detailed specs on certain devices and all that. I'm more about like the everyday usage when it comes to the phone. I basically just wanna let them know, hey, is it good or is it not good? Is this gonna work or is this not gonna work? I don't talk about you know the internals of a device or I don't go you know, too detailed like that. I'm like your everyday person. I'm the person that goes into the store and buys a product and uses it like it is. You know, Sometimes I'll mess with it, but I don't get too deep into it. So I just, I'm really focused on just trying to help people in their, their purchasing decisions. You know, the normal people out there, those that aren't too geeky into tech, <laughs> I guess you would say, I don't know how you would put it. But of course, you know, I want to see a lot of growth on the channel. We'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Like I said, I'm going to try to be as consistent as possible, try to keep it that way. Hopefully I don't get burnt out again. <laughs> we'll see. What, and hopefully, you know, make it a full-time thing. We'll see. I've had companies reach out to me that want to sponsor me as well. So that definitely helps out as well when it comes to the whole income part of it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds.
2: Hey man, Josh, you are doing amazing things, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. So thank you so, so much, man. Keep doing your thing. For sure. Thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by vidIQ.
0: Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.